Let's get ready to study God's Word. Greetings to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit our webpage at biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into this study. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done and the many ways in which you continue to bless us. We invite your presence to be with us as we come to study your word, give us wisdom and understanding, and help us to rightly divide your words of truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Our passage for this study today is Matthew 26, verses 10 and 11, from the King James Version. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. The title of today's study is You Will Always Have the Poor. This is an interesting passage, and like many other parts of the Bible, I've seen it used in all sorts of ways. This passage is captured in three of the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and John capture this story. The story is that of Mary Magdalene, who anoints the body of Christ as a thank offering for him, what he's done for her in saving her and in redeeming her from demon possession. If you look at Mark's account in Mark 14, 3 through 7, it gives us a little bit more detail. It says, And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she brake the box and poured it upon his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always. And whensoever ye will ye may do them good, but me ye have not always. In John's account, he points out that it was Judas Iscariot who was the primary instigator of this commentary. Each time Jesus says you have the poor with you always, but more specifically in Mark, it points out that you can take care of the poor at other times, you can't take care of me at other times. You're not going to have me around all the time. 
On this podcast, we like to talk about context. Context is important. The Bible does give us the indication that all through the end of time, poverty is going to remain an issue. As much effort as we see in society today at equalizing the gross imbalance between those at the top and those at the bottom of the economic scale, the Bible gives us every indication that it's not going to get resolved all that much. Okay, for instance, Revelation 6, 15 through 18 this referring to when Christ comes, it says, And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, that word bondman translates into someone under servitude or slave, and every free man, obviously the opposite of bondman, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Okay, so this tells us that at the second coming, we're still going to have these categories of people. Revelation thirteen sixteen, which precedes that, even though it's written it shows up later in the Bible, a few chapters later, but it's talking about the events that immediately precede the second coming. It says, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Okay, this is prophetic. And, it's, and you see how it captures both classes of people using contrast small and great, rich and poor, free and bond. Revelation 19:18, which is even closer, this is this is uh, another perspective of the second coming of Christ, or at least a preparation just before it. That ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both great and small. So these passages in Revelation, all speaking about the second coming or the time immediately preceding it, indicate that these categories of people are going to exist. So you might look at that and say, well, if the poor are always going to be among us, even right up to the second coming, What's the point of attempting to do anything related to them? Just because something is a certain way doesn't mean that you should support it. For instance, using these very same passages, these passages indicate, or at least Revelation 13, the portion in Revelation 13, indicates the persecution of God's people and the squashing of religious freedom. Should we also argue that because it's inevitable that this will happen, because it's been prophesied that this will happen, that we should just go along in support of squashing religious freedom and persecuting people, right? Just because a thing is inevitable does not mean you have to be on the wrong side of it. The context of what Jesus was saying when the disciples started their murmuring about Mary Magdalene anointing him in gratitude, the argument they made was, this money could have been used on the poor. And Jesus' response was, 
or you've got plenty of time to deal with the poor, but you don't have plenty of time to deal with me, right? For the poor you have always with you, but me you have not always. So Christ was drawing a contrast between the amount of time that they would have to work with him and the amount of time that they would have to bestow blessings or be channels of blessing upon the poor. It's a matter of priority, right? It's simply a matter of priority. Christ wasn't saying, eh, the poor will always be here, so don't worry about dealing with the poor. And we see that clearly in Mark's account. Because Mark says, For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye may do them good. But me ye have not always. In Deuteronomy 15, verses 1 through 8, the Lord talks about the year of release, the seventh year. And there are a number of things that get said in that, that time period. But he talks about the fact that all debts were to be erased in the seventh year. Okay, and they couldn't be started up again among the Israelites. Right? Verse 3 says, Of a foreigner you may exact it again, but that which is thine with thy brother, thy hand shall release. Okay, so you have to release it for your brother. And then verse 4 says something important. Save when there shall be no poor among you, for the Lord will greatly bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it. Had Israel been true to God, they would have continued to grow in the inheritance that they had, and the blessings of that inheritance would have been to all people. And ultimately, we know that the inheritance of Canaan was just a precursor to the final inheritance. So if they had stayed faithful to him, they would have moved at some point in time, whether it was in the land of Canaan or all the way through until the final restoration of all things, they would have moved to the place where there was no need for brother to, to bail out brother who was poor. Verses 7 and 8 of Deuteronomy 15 say this, If there be among you a poor man of one of thy brethren within any of thy gates in thy land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not harden thine heart, nor shut thine hand from thy poor brother. But thou shalt open thine hand wide unto him, and shalt surely lend him sufficient for his need in that which he wanteth. Okay? That's the instruction that we're given for dealing with our brother. And how does, the, how does Christ close this story? Let's look at Matthew 25. In Matthew 25, at the end, there are a number of parables in Matthew 25, but starting in Verse 31, Christ says that he's going to come, the Son of Man is going to come in all his glory, all the holy angels with him, sit on the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he'll separate them one from the other, as a shepherd divideth sheep from the goats. And then he's going to say to the ones that are on the right hand, which are the sheep, Come ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was an hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. By the way, most of those categories indicate poor people. It's not that only poor people will end up in prison, or only poor people will get sick. But 
hungry and not being able to feed to provide for your food or drink, stranger not having a place to stay, naked and not having clothing, those are all byproducts of being poor. Okay? Most of the categories here speak to poverty in some way. Not only poverty, but certainly poverty is covered by those things. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? When saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. And then he's going to repeat that conversation with the ones on the left. Okay? The goats on the left side, on his left side. And he's going to say, I was in all of these conditions and you didn't do anything for me. And they'll say, when did we see you like this? And he will say in verse 45, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Okay? The final punishment will occur. So, God gave instruction to Israel anciently that they should take care of their brethren. If their brother's poor and he needs something, don't be stingy. Help him with whatever it is he needs. And then... You know, because we people like to talk about, but this is the Christian dispensation, okay? Here's Christ on earth speaking not only of the Christian dispensation, but the final judgment, okay? And in the final judgment, guess what's one of the things is being judged? Whether or not you looked out for the least of these, your brethren. We can try and twist Jesus' words about the poor you'll always have among you to make it seem as though it's inevitable that they'll be there so it doesn't matter what we do. But Jesus' response was very specific. While it is true, especially based on Revelation, Revelation of Jesus Christ, that the poor are going to exist right up until the second coming, it's also true that we have an obligation, a responsibility to help those within our sphere of influence. And we should even seek to expand our sphere of influence to be able to help as many people as it is possible to help. Okay? I'm not saying that you personally are responsible for every poor person that you'll ever come across and that your eyes will ever fall upon. These passages indicate to me that if we were going to err on either side of the equation, it would be wiser to err on the, I tried to help as many people as I could, as opposed to, well, I only had enough resources to help four, so four I helped. Right? I'm not telling anyone how much they have to help and in what ways they have to help, but I am saying, please read the scriptures. Please look at these passages. Please look at Matthew 25, 31 through 46, and understand that what God is calling us to do is significant. 
do not try to use as your excuse for not doing anything to help those less fortunate than you that Jesus said, the poor will always be among us. And understand that, you know, everyone is not going to be rich, but all of us are going to be in different places in different ways with different resources. And we should look to help those who have less resources than us, especially those who are in the realm of destitution. Okay? Yes, we will have a subsequent study on how to deal with people who are capable of providing for themselves to some degree and refuse to do so. That is a thing. It is an issue. The Bible is not referring to that in the passages we've looked at now. The Bible does address that issue, but it's not addressing it here, and we're not addressing it in this study. Don't use that as an excuse to avoid the responsibility that God is placing upon each and every one of us about how we need to interact. Matthew 26, 10 and 11 says, When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to please help us as we study your word, that we will default to action, that we will seek to move in a direction of accomplishing things and not looking for excuses to not do things. Please help us to be channels of blessings. Whatever blessings you bestow upon us, please help us to use it in a way that will bring glory and honor to your name and help us to be grateful for what you've done for us and not only to help people physically, but spiritually and not only to pray for them, but to be practical in how we help them. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. Remember, you can find Rightly Divide the Word of Truth on Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, or wherever you normally obtain your podcasts. And be sure to check out the True Wisdom podcast, too. You can contact us via email at biblequestions at asbzone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share his holy word. Thank you.